0: It is Thursday, May 12th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now a guy who's hoping our road games include Hawaii, Puerto Rico, Tahiti, and Trussville, Alabama, (laughs) J.P. Shadrick.
1: Welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon. My name's J.P. Shadrick. We have a busy show ahead of us tonight. Jeff Flageman, Jaguars analyst with us. A rookie mini camp preview. The rookies are arriving today. They'll be on the field tomorrow and Saturday inside the bank. What to expect for the rookies in their first time around here? The schedule release tonight, you might have heard, 8 o'clock tonight. NFL Network and Jaguars.com for that matter. Schedule release. We'll have instant reaction coming up tonight. We'll go around the NFL as well and some breaking news out of Denver today with a wide receiver.
2: Hmm. Not, Jeff, good, not good news. Not
1: good news for Jerry Judy. We'll get to that coming up. But don't really know why it's not good news yet. It's that early in the process. Jeff Lagerman
2: is never in trouble. How are you? I'm doing good. How was your vacation?
1: It was good. It was a nice uh, little getaway. Now Alabama? Uh, back, yeah.
2: That's right. Alabama. But By the way, Joe's list of uh, home I, games. It wouldn't be a bad uh, schedule. I was thinking Costa Rica would be nice the to foo- in
1: there. The football games would get in the way, actually.
2: Maybe uh, pretty- Illinois. You know, let's have a game in Illinois about, you know, first or second week of November, you know, <laughs> sometime in there, you know, and it just happens to be a lot of big deer up there. Oh, in Illinois, that, oh you know? that's <laughs> why. I was, okay. Yeah, I figured there was a catch somehow. Yeah, 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 I, uh, yeah, yeah. Or Iowa. You know, is there a pro team in Iowa? Let's make one. You and uh, Brandon <laughs> Sheriff would uh, love that trip for sure. Hey, Sheriff would have us lined up. Uh, he would. And he would have us lined up That'd pretty be, good, I bet.
1: I think that. so. So we'll find out tonight, you know, 8 uh, o'clock. Well, we know the teams are playing. It's just a matter of when the games are, really. And yeah, there was yeah. only one that's been announced. That's the London game, obviously. The Broncos and the Jaguars, right. October
2: 30th, right? And there's been a few, a few leaks here and there about some games, not not the Jaguars, but just uh, games around the league, yes. and uh, and some of the expectations there. And uh, I thought it was interesting, and in that uh, there was uh, an article that was written recently that talked about how the schedule kind of got put in a little bit of a cluster fudge because of the unretirement of Tom Brady. Yes. I mean, I think that's pretty wild, right? How well, they one had, guy. <laughs> right. I think they had
1: it almost ready, and then Tom, just, or Tom, like I know him, Brady decides he when he comes. You guys are buds, yeah, right? We're tight. Uh, <laughs> he decides to unretire,
2: like, uh-oh, we got to redo the whole league schedule now. But, I mean, here's the reality. He's worth. He's worth the time and the effort of making the schedule Redone, or or to get it right. If
1: I mean, I'm an executive at CBS or Fox, and I realize they didn't redo the schedule after, I, I would have been well f- really upset. Fox mainly would be very yes. upset because all the above. Well, Fox because it means uh, NBC. They got the sad, Sunday night game, correct? All of
2: them, correct? But uh, Fox because they want to make sure that they can highlight their up and coming broadcaster <laughs> who's going to have a ten-year, three hundred seventy-five million dollar contract. True, good point. That's wild. awesome.
1: That's wild. How about
2: that? Uh, well, the, guy, the guy is <laughs> lined up for a broadcasting contract before his playing career is even over That's that no, no quarterback I don't think has ever had or any player has ever had an opportunity like what's being presented to Tom Brady to be able to leave the game and to make way, way more money than he's ever made as an NFL player averaging $37.5 million a year. I mean, it's awesome. It's good. I mean, it's awesome. That's yeah, great. But it's, it just goes to show you the power of Tom Brady. Joe Fortunato, hello.
0: I, I just wonder if that $37 million a year will put him ahead of his wife.
1: No. I think he's got a long way to go. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, it's not even close.
2: <laughs> there. It's all in the same family, though. Right? That's yeah, I don't thing. know, but it's cool. I mean, I'm happy for him, and I think he's going to do great out. just because it's, it's Tom Brady, and he works incredibly hard at everything that he does.
1: A little more on this schedule release tonight. Again, 8 o'clock NFL Network. Our special will air at 8 o'clock on Jaguars.com and the Jags social channels as well, Jaguars YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, what do you look for first when the schedule comes out? Do you really want to know? I really want to know. That's why I <laughs> asked the question. What
2: do you first look for? Uh, well, a couple things. Uh, um, first of all, I look at it from a competitive standpoint. Okay, how, how good of a start can the Jaguars get out to? Yeah, who, who do you open who with? Who are they playing early?
1: First month. Yeah. Because
2: you want to be able to build momentum. So I, I look at from the first month of, in September, you find out, okay, what's going on? Uh, I look at the key holidays just from a family standpoint. Okay, what's happening for Christmas? What's happening for Thanksgiving? Where are we that week? Um, New Year's. Okay, what's happening there? What's happening around uh, my son's birthday? What's happening around uh, deer season? Okay, so when's my week? Yes, You know, we know when the... uh, when the trip to London is, which is, I believe, the game's going to be played on the thirtieth, October thirtieth, yes. So, is the bye week going to happen the week after, like what has happened in the past? Will it happen sooner? Will it happen later? I mean, that's all kind of from a timing standpoint because, I mean, f- for you know, for our bye week, we get some time off, and mm-hmm. that's you know, an opportunity to get away a little bit. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that you look at. I also look at it from the standpoint of JP. Are we going to Nashville in November when we get to see the leave color change? Oh, wow. Are we going to Boston or a cold-weather place in December? Seriously, I mean, those are all the things that you look at when you, when you look at the schedule. And then what, what kind of restaurants are in the cities well, that we're going to be in? You know, let's get so serious. I hate to say I mean, that, but we're foodies. That's
1: what it's about. From a player's perspective – you're uh, obviously kind of looking early to get that momentum and then that bye week is key so you can kind of get your body going and I, right. Well, I right.
2: say I don't think the I don't think the the only thing that the players care about when it comes to the bye week I think is the proximity of when it's going to happen. I don't think they care whether it's week 8, 9, 10, 11 as long as it's somewhere in the middle of the season of the season. If it happens incredibly early, the players will be highly disappointed. And so that's the only thing that I think players look at from that standpoint from the bye week. But the players definitely look at the, the teams that they're going to play early in the schedule as far as the momentum-building games that I talked about. They also look at the cold-weather games. Okay, late in the season, are you going to Green Bay in December? Are you going to Buffalo in December? I'm just throwing out places that typically can be very cold. Um, when you are a northern climate team – you looked and saw, like for example, if you were playing in the same division as the, the Miami Dolphins, if you're the New York Jets, are you going to see them at their place in December? Because, <laughs> right. okay, you're acclimated to the cold in December. You don't want to go down and play in Miami in December. You'd rather go to Miami in September because you're used to the, to the heat. It's hot everywhere. Exactly. So, I mean, from a, from a player standpoint, I think those are the things that are important. Also, the division games, where they fall – and we've seen now that the league has gone towards having a lot of division games built up at the back end of the schedule to make things obviously very important when it comes to uh, playoff implications.
1: Now, over the, at least the recent history, last decade or so, the Jaguars really haven't had to worry about this, but the, the primetime games, how many primetime games? The, the last time the Jaguars were on Monday Night Football was 2011. The last time they were on Sunday night football was 2008. It's been a while. You have to perform well, obviously, on the field for a number of years to get that recognition, to get those eyeballs on you, and you know it's going to be tough. To I mean, they've had Thursday night games. Obviously, they rotate those around. Uh, that could be expected again. Well, when but- you
2: when you play for a team like Jacksonville and you haven't been very good lately, you're hoping that you may end up getting one national game besides a typical Thursday game? Because you know you're going to have a Thursday game. Everybody has to play Thursday game. And so will that be the only national exposure, or might you get a Monday night game? The chances of getting a Sunday night game for this football team are nil. I mean, unless
1: you're winning 10 games late in the year and they flex you in. You know, that's the only way right now. But they're not
2: going to be on the schedule or any season. It's not going to happen. And so the well, they m- were on the schedule, I think, in eighteen. But then got, they got flexed they got the out. Boot. They yeah, got, they got the boot. <laughs> they, they got flexed got the boot. out. See you later. But the, the expectation to even make a, a Monday night game, I think, w- would be, I think, uh, maybe far ex- exceeding the expectations. I mean, this football team hasn't been good. No. I and mean, p- picked number one overall for the last two years. So if anybody's expecting to have Monday night exposure, I mean, no, that's not going to happen. I think it would be shocking if it happens. Now, typically. And in the past, you've seen some teams that played a poor team on Monday night or viewed as a poor team on Monday night just because it was, you know, the other team was really good. Um, could that happen? Maybe, but I don't expect it. I don't expect it with this, especially because of the extended schedule. So now they, the, Monday night has more opportunities to get more matchups, better matchups, and I just I don't think that will happen. I, it, look, you uh, got, you, you got to start winning ball games win. to get to get the expectations of okay, are we going to have a national TV game? And it, and it's not a matter of oh, it's disrespect. No, it's not disrespect. It's no, the a matter team's of not playing well. Yeah, you're not playing. You're not playing good enough football. Not nearly good enough football. You're
1: catering to a national audience at that point, and a team that's not winning is not going to cater to that audience. That's how it works.
2: Yeah. So I, I do You know, I think it's going to be uh, interesting. And and since you know, you lose the. <laughs> The home game opportunity here, the one that goes to London where Mm -hmm. you're playing the Denver Broncos. So you still have, um, what, seven games left, okay, to to be able to play here at home. Not not eight. Seven. Seven.
1: Because the one in London is the eighth.
2: So here are the seven
1: opponents coming to Jacksonville this year. That's already been out there, obviously. So Mm -hmm. uh, the Titans, the Colts, the Texans, of course. The Raiders, the Giants, and the Ravens
2: are coming to Jacksonville this year. And the Cowboys, too. But which is, a, 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 the Cowboys are going to be a big draw. The Giants are going to be a big draw. Um, the Ravens, I think, will be a big draw. When I say big draw, from, from within the market and from, from outside the market as yeah. far as selling tickets, the ones that I think that are always going to be difficult are the ones that are in the division, Tennessee and Indianapolis. So you, you hope that you get a, a favorable slot for those games from a ticketing standpoint. And just from a competitive
1: standpoint, I mean that's a, that's a tough home schedule. The Ravens are a pretty good football team. They just missed last year. Raiders got in last year. The Cowboys are always knocking on the door. I mean the the Titans are the Titans. You know that. I mean that is that can be a difficult run. And then the road schedule, you got to go to the other side of the AFC West. Also, you're going to Kansas City and oh boy, I mean it is. And and L.A. the Chargers. I mean, oh that's, boy, that whole division is. Is on the schedule this year. And it's it's difficult. well
2: it's a, going to going to L. A. to play the Chargers. I don't think it's not like it's going we're not talking about a hostile environment. But it's just a good football, team. a really good football good team. football team with a good quarterback that had some uh, some great off season acquisitions and trades that they were able to make. So I think it's going to be a tough matchup there. Kansas City that's a hostile environment now, and that's Patrick Mahomes, uh, uh, Andy Reid. Uh, that's about as as if if somebody wanted to take, and then just throwing this out there, if there's a Jaguars fan that was sitting there going, you know what, I really would like to maybe, once the schedule comes out, take a look a good look at it and and make a road trip. For me, out of and read the road games off again, real quick. Okay, Stand, by. Stand and, by. which And with not the division ones because the, the Nashville is always the place to go to yeah, you know, within no. the division. Indianapolis has got a good downtown. But if there's some fans that are looking at maybe going to another game in another market where well, the road games, all right. right so now. you
1: mentioned Kansas City. The mm-hmm. the Jags are in Detroit as well. Not
2: a place to go to.
1: It's indoors. You know, you got that going for you.
2: Um, it's about all this going that they got going for them in Detroit right <laughs> at now. At the Jets. Um, not, I mean, first of all. If you, if you want to go to the city, that's a great place, but you're not near the city when you're at the stadium, okay? You're still a, a pretty pretty good jump away. Keep going. Uh, Washington. Um, Washington is out in the middle of nowhere, land, Maryland. Uh, you can stay in Baltimore. You can stay in D.C. And so, really, I mean, it's, it's I, I'm, I'm trying to be serious here and that there are a lot of fans that want to go to a, a great place to see a great game and also to get maybe a little bit of fl- local flavor. Keep going. Uh, let's see. Those are the ones out of division. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now, the, the one at the top of my list, out of the division, is Kansas City. Kansas City's got uh, – first of all, it's a great environment. It's a great stadium. It has uh, – Kansas City is a, is, a, is a cool town, has lots of things to, to, to choose from. So, out of all of the non-divisional road games, that would probably be at the top of my list. Yeah. Um, New York would be up there just because yeah. it's New York, and New York is great. Yeah. But, I mean, in the division, Nashville's always king.
1: If you're into D.C. and doing all that stuff, the museums and things on Saturday, that might be cool. Yes, and but, again,
2: the stadium is not it's near out D.C. The, yeah, but it's out it, in Maryland. It, it, yeah. Literally,
1: you could, it's closer to fly into Baltimore's airport to get to the stadium.
2: Yes, I mean, it's, it's literally, right. if, you, if you were to look at a map and you look at Baltimore and D.C. and, and go p- put your finger right between the two of them, that's where that stadium is at. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's horrible traffic. Just a nightmare in and out of
2: it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's Oof. not good. Now I will tell you this: if if you were going to Baltimore, I would tell you that that's a great place to go to. <laughs> and, uh, it's got a lot of things yeah. to do in the city. It looks not my favorite city. Uh, I mean, you but could the, eat. Stadium the stadium, the stadium's right there in the, the harbor. It's, it's a great, perfect? yeah. But I mean Nashville. I can tell you this: Nashville is an awesome city. It's a it's a great place to go to. It's a great place to visit. Music Music Row, great restaurants, great music, great entertainment. They've got the the Coliseum downtown there, where they've got hockey and different th- events that are happening. Uh, Indianapolis, I think, is a good town as far as uh, it's it's everything is right there. You, when you go to Indianapolis, you can take a, an Uber from the airport to the downtown, and you don't have to do. Any Ubers while you're downtown, you can walk everywhere.
1: You know, I don't think I've had a bad time in Nashville. Ever.
2: I've had a Believe couple, that? I've had a couple
1: bad mornings in Nashville. <laughs> <That's>,
2: yeah. <laughs> I think we
1: all might have at one point. Hey, we'll come back in a moment, and Rookie Minicamp starts tomorrow. What to look for this weekend, uh, Friday, Saturday. Not open to the public, but we'll get into some of the players, and, and some of the rookies are beginning to sign their contracts today as well. The Jags are future-focused and ready for a new look in 2022. Join us at the bank this season as head coach Doug Peterson and quarterback Trevor Lawrence lead the charge. Lock in your seats at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904 633 2000. We are off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jacksonville Sports Talk for Jacksonville Sports Fans. 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: There are two really good players there in in both Trayvon and Aiden at, at, at the at the top of our our draft board and 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 you know if, let me let me just go back a little bit you know sure obviously Cam Robinson you know our left tackle mm-hmm. we were able to get his contract done you know prior to the draft and and, and keep him here I think I think he, the you know sky's the limit with him so solidifying our offensive line that way really um, really kind of helped too in, in some of the decisions we made in the draft and. And then we look at these two players, and, and both are um, high-character guys. Both would be great in our room, in our locker room. Good leaders, um, you know. And, and for us, it was—it was just the the, the the potential, the upside, the, the the things that we saw. And you know, as you know, Rich, I mean, as coaches, we we're, we're privy to a lot of a lot of film and a lot of conversations that a lot of people don't get right and a lot of information and part of our job is to gain that information and and we just felt at the time that and and even sitting here today that you know the best for our organization was trayvon walker
1: that's head coach doug peterson on the rich eisen show yesterday syndicated nationally also on the peacock network our courtesy to them and welcome back it's jaguars happy hour jp shadrick with jeff lagerman joe fortunato brent reaver and uh, the Jaguars have rookie minicamp coming up starting tomorrow. And that, that was the conversation. Why did you pick Trayvon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson? Rich Eisens, a noted Michigan alumnus? That's why he had a little vested interest in the, in the question there. Uh, so that was the answer. A little upside, and reports today that Trayvon Walker has come to a, uh, that they've come to the agreement to sign his rookie contract. It's slotted anyway. But apparently, that's going to happen officially it's a, lot a little, of money. Later,
2: little later today. A lot of money, a lot of guaranteed money, as yeah. you would expect, from uh, first overall pick in the draft. And um, I'm looking forward to watching him in the rookie minicamp.
1: Uh, yeah, what do you want to see out of him like this weekend? It's not like the old days when, you uh, know. Dante Fowler's year really changed everything when he went down with a knee issue, and they're running like knee eleven issue. on a yeah, blues ACL. Yes. Come on, Nate, Chief, it, it was that's pretty significant. A knee issue is like a little tweak. Yeah, it was not that he tore his ACL. Yeah. So, um, but that was they had tryout guys. they were running eleven on eleven, and you know it got it toned down a little bit for at least in my view since that time. Well, as it should be.
2: I mean, I, th- I think I think rolling rookies up in here and uh, and expecting and wanting them to go completely full speed and wide open is insanity for two reasons. One, the the players need to acclimate to what your expectations are as coaches. Okay, these rookies have been preparing for the draft. They haven't been preparing for football practice in, in the National Football League. Okay, they've been Doing the 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 handshake and kiss babies tour since the draft. Okay, celebrating. Okay, so I think you got to have. I think a lot of common sense with the way you approach a rookie minicamp, and that you're trying to assimilate these young players into their into your system, and to teach them what the expectations are. Not immediately say physically you need to show us right now. That's crazy. Um, and then the other reason, you have rookies that are drafted that you have huge investments in, okay? Trevon's got a – what's the guaranteed money? 34?
1: 20, signing bonus, $37 million total contract. Okay. But weeks.
2: I think it's 24-ish guaranteed. So well, no, it's fully or, guaranteed. It's fully guaranteed. Fully guaranteed contract, ton of upfront money. Okay, so you're bringing in the, the draft picks with, you know, Mooma and Lloyd and all the other guys, Connor – and then you're also bringing in a lot of rookies on a tryout basis. So, okay, so you have to be a little bit smart there, too, in that, okay, you've got a section of rookies that are trying to make an impression. They're drafted. They know that they're going to have an opportunity to earn the the ability to be on this team. There's another segment of rookies that are have a little bit of a window and that they're given an opportunity to show what they can do over these couple days. So do you want to have – that group that's trying to impress right now going 100 miles an hour with this group over here that's trying to impress but then also knows that they're going to be here for training camp i don't want to have the two of these groups kind of mixing together you know what i mean because sometimes you have guys that are a little out of control from the group that doesn't have a contract correct. that's here on a tryout basis to Show something. that's trying to show something in a limited window and I totally a- appreciate that and respect that but you got to be careful you have to limit I think the number of uh, group drills that you do you do more of the individual work and it's a lot of classroom stuff to see how the the retention is and um uh, uh, but physically, it's it's showing them the expectations. It's it's getting them to to work in the shape. I just remember when you go back and you mentioned Dante Fowler when he tore his ACL. This was a very tough, demanding practice that Dante Fowler was getting winded and his legs were getting tired, and I think that contributed to the ACL tear that he sustained in that practice. Because he wasn't conditioned, conditioned where he needed to be. I truly believe that. Because I was watching him in practice going, this is not good. He's getting winded. Because he's going 100 miles an hour trying to impress. I'm a first-round pick. I want to show everybody why I'm a first-round pick. And, uh, and then one bad step, there it goes. So, this weekend, uh, tomorrow and Saturday,
1: there will be a little over 40 players total. That uh, are participating in this, of course, the draft picks, the undrafted players that have signed, as you mentioned, some tryout players are coming in as well. Jimmy Smith's son is going to be a part of this this weekend, running back from Wyoming. Mm. He will be here as okay. well. Um, there'll be some, you know, some light team reps, ten or fifteen plays of seven on seven, but it's mainly drills, as you said, getting the lay of the land. Uh, how do you? Wh- what's the operation of the NFL for a lot of these guys who haven't done it before?
2: Well, you want to see. Uh, athletically how they move you know it's a first hand look at some of these guys that are here on a tryout basis look uh, you, you know what your your draft picks uh, are I mean you've done a ton of work on them mm-hmm. a lot of the, the undrafted signed rookies you've done work on them as well and then some of these tryouts you, you probably haven't done quite as much work or you don't know as much about some of them I mean you'd like to think that your scouting department knows every thing about everybody, but that's not the, the case sometimes. And the reality is that sometimes your evaluation is off, as we've seen with uh, the history of the draft overall. So you might end up having a, a very poor report on a guy that's coming in here on a tryout basis that when you see him in person, you're like, wow, why, why did we only have him with a 3.0 grade when he's moving around like he's a, he's a 5.8 grade? Let's give him a chance. Let's sign him no contract. So Uh, It's a great opportunity for a lot of different reasons to get people acclimated, to start to work them towards uh, what the expectations are as far as the level of conditioning, the knowledge of the scheme, and then also getting to know some of these guys, some of these guys that are in here on a tryout basis. Do they fit your personality of your culture? Okay, Are they the kind of people that you want to bring in? To when you're trying to flip the culture in an organization, so it, it uh, it's going to be very valuable, very valuable couple days.
1: We'll come back in a moment. The off-season schedule, OTA, open practice for media has been announced. We'll, um, you know, one week finally, week, one a week announced.
2: finally announced. Well, yeah, I, I I wish it, we'll, it, we'll get to that.
1: I wish it was a little bit more. I'll just leave you with that. Little okay. Teaser. Yeah, we'll find out why when we come back. Of course. The Jaguars on the practice field tomorrow. The rookies for rookie minicamp tomorrow and Saturday. Plenty more ahead. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.
0: What what sort of drew me to to hear and really to him was just. You know, this this, this kid is young, number one. You know, he came out early, and, and uh, he's, he's he's a really good passer. You know, he's very uh, uh, eager to learn. He's a smart kid. Things that we've seen already here in the off-season program, you know, he's he's the first one in. He, he just wants to – he just wants he's a sponge, you know, and a um, guy that you can shape and mold and, and really uh, the sky's the limit with him. Athletic, can move, um, you know, comes from a system in college where it was very – you know, play-action pass and movement and RPO game and things that we can bring, you know, as an offense uh, to Jacksonville and, and just his leadership, you know, the fact that he played, you know, the entire season last year. Uh, this, this kid's not a rookie, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're kind of starting over with him and just building him from the ground up and, and um, you know, he's embracing that and, and uh, showing uh, really good improvement every day.
1: As head coach Doug Peterson again on the Rich Eisen show yesterday, and welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Of course, Peterson talking about the quarterback Trevor Lawrence. JP Shadrick with Jeff Lagueman on Jaguars Happy Hour. Glad you're along with us today on Jaguars.com, Jaguars social channels, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, and 1010XL AM here in Jacksonville, Florida. Well, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, that's going to be um, something to watch when the off-season program. Continues obviously won't be out there this weekend with rookie minicamp going on. But then the uh, OT the organized team activity schedule has been announced. There will be three OTA practices open for media to cover May 23rd, a Monday, that's the first one, May 31st, a Tuesday, that's the fourth of the OTAs, and then Monday, June 6th, OTA number seven. Then there's the three day mandatory veteran minicamp the following week a Monday through Wednesday, June 13th through 15th. So there will be six open veteran practices for the media uh, in May and June.
2: Right. And uh, so you got two for the rookies, which is uh, tomorrow and then Saturday. And then uh, what I kind of have a little bit of an issue is is that, uh, look, this is great exposure for your football team and a great opportunity to help the local media sell your franchise, I mean, sell tickets, I mean, interest. And you have 10 OTAs and you have three of them open to the media. I think that that's not enough. I think it should be more. Uh, The more conversation that you get about your football team, the better off you're going to be, I think. And, I mean, you've generated a lot of positivity with the draft and free agency. I mean, so, I mean, why not take advantage of the opportunity there? Um, I just think it's – I think they're losing an opportunity there, in my opinion.
1: Now, what's is there a balance of competitive advantage? Like, not don't want to give up too much? or I mean, there's some things you put in now you don't want people to see. Like,
2: Well, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not saying open all 10 of them up, even though that in the past uh, there has been all 10 open. But I still think that there's a – look, you, ha- you have all – look, when you're trying to put in the meat and potatoes, I mean, JP, is there really that much secrecy in an OTA to where you're developing this – Incredible scheme that's going to be so different than anybody's ever seen in the National Football League. Hell no! Come on, I mean it's it's there are, are secrets, but I mean you're not you're not going to have the ability to be shrouded in secrecy in the all season and say, oh yeah, if we let one OTA open, we're going to let the cat out of the bag. I mean, come on, it's football. This is not rocket science. And, uh, and I think that um, – and here's the other thing. I think OTAs, when they are, are open, it doesn't hurt anybody. It allows, I think, relationships to be built between uh, – and here, here's one thing I've always been a big believer in, and I'll never forget this. When I first came in the National Football League, when you had drills that were being viewed – by members of the public. we had open first time experience I ever had was when I was in New York. And we had a training camp that was open to the public. This was before the Jaguars even came into existence. Mm-hmm. And you would back up a one-on-one drill, whether it be pass rush or, or run blocking or anything, and you would back it up into a group of, of fans. And then all of a sudden, where did your intensity level go to? It went higher because you knew people were watching. Again, I'm not saying that the media is, is, you know, thousands of people. But, I mean, it's look. the more people, more eyeballs that are on your performance, I think the more, I think, intensity focus that sometimes players can get. And uh, so, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, I just think it's a great opportunity to have this football team be at the conversation, top of the conversation, across a lot of different media platforms. And uh, I think it should be more. I'll leave it at that. I'm curious, um, you know,
1: how much will the quarterback, we heard him, uh, Doug Peterson, talking about Lawrence here with, with Rich Eisen yesterday, you know, how much of the full new playbook do you get? Do you get pieces at a time as the offseason goes? How do you build up that, the base level of knowledge of this offense? as, as, as some well, of the it coaches all, around him. It all, it all
2: depends on the player and how much he can handle. So I think that's a big part of it. How much experience does he have with the terminology that you're using? Are you worrying about teaching terminology or are you taking up to the next level? You know, I mean, when when, you, when I say the next level, you know, when, you, when you're in college or um, you're taking classes, you know, like 101, okay, then the next level is a 200 level and then 300 level. So where is he at in the progression of understanding the schemes and uh, the, the terminology so how far can you take him? Or how deep can you take him into the playbook based on what he's been able to, to learn already? And, and that's always based on the individual. And I, and I think Trevor's very smart from everything that I understand. He has uh, great retention. Um, he's uh, extremely diligent. He works hard. He doesn't just work in the building, which is what some players do. They work only in the building. When they leave here, they don't study. And that, I think, is a major hindrance to that position specifically. You have to have somebody who is willing to put the time in and the commitment to be able to understand the playbook, because the playbook is, is so complex for that position. Playing defensive line, JP, look, it's like, it's grade one. Seriously. <laughs> Playing offensive line, I'll, I'll give Baselli a little bit of a credit here. I mean, he's fifth grade level. Wow. Moving on up. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, wide receivers, running backs. I mean, you know, so it's probably about the same thing. But then once you get to quarterback, I mean, it, that's like master study. I mean, seriously, when I say that, I mean, because not only do they have to understand what everybody on the offense is doing, protections, but then also understanding defenses, progressions, and everything that goes along with running an offense. And so it's extremely complex, and it, and it requires more than just punching a clock when you walk in this building and doing your work. You have to take that work home with you. And that's something that Trevor has been committed to from what I understand. And that's what you have to have for somebody to play that position.
1: You know, what's going to happen, it always happens this time of year, OTAs. There's coverage of OTAs, which is great. That's the whole point is you're out there seeing guys running around. But the, um, the overkill of, you know, this guy dropped this ball in an OTA practice and I don't think you're going to cut the team after watching some OTA practices, but there will be probably some coverage that does. That's just kind of how this the nature is right now on social media too.
2: Well, I, th- I think the biggest thing is is that you, know, you, you with OTAs is that you're the camaraderie that you build, the chemistry that you yeah. build, the communication that you build, because communication is also something that has to be built. It's just you can't assume that we're going to be on the same page. JP, how many years have we been working together now? Uh, ten. OK, 10 years that we've been working together, but we still have a conversation before we go behind these microphones because that's what we do. Yeah. And and I think that the work has to be put in with players, especially in the National Football League, because things are changing constantly. Rosters are changing. Systems are changing. the The, the way that. The communication works between coaches. I mean, all of that stuff is changing, and, and so it's all new right part, now. Part part of the whole OTAs is not just you know going out there and okay and playing quarterback and we're learning to operate the huddle. I mean, all of those things, but also the relationship that you're building with players to coach, coach to player, coach to coach, player to player, staff to coach. I mean, all of these things are being built, so that when you do hit the regular season and things become extremely difficult and much higher paced and the expectation levels get cranked up to the top of the ceiling, you can function and you can operate within that environment. That, all of that stuff is built at this time of year. We're back in a moment, a look around the National
1: Football League as we uh, get into rookie minicamp weekend for the Jaguars. And uh, we'll take a look, if you're watching this program, which is available on jaguars.com and the Jags social channels, we'll take a look at the Football Performance Center construction. When we return, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Welcome back Jaguars happy hour. If you're watching on Jaguars.com Jag social media, a live look at the footprint of the Jaguars football performance center. There are walls going up and there's dirt being moved. The old building, the old cool zone building and storage building was torn down today. I watched him for about 15 minutes tear the final two walls down with a big crane thing. Or a, a dozer or something whatever <laughs> uh, some kind of machinery the he difference the between a down.
2: crane and a bulldozer is well, it had pretty like, different it had JP. like two
1: like tank treads and it had like a long kind of arm thing yeah it was like a kind of a backhoe but not would really a called backhoe. an
2: excavator
1: that's exactly what it was okay. thank you but it didn't have like the scoop like on the gold shows you know they, they, they scoop them yeah and the pay dirt and all that stuff didn't have any of that it had like a, a pinching me- mechanism Okay. Yeah. And it would, like, run into the wall, knock it over, and then it'd pinch something and move it off to the side. It was gotcha. pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, that's the technical terminology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've, yeah. I've spent a lot of time in construction yeah. areas, let me yeah. tell you.
2: But that's cool. It's going up. We're going to call you Machinery Pete. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>
1: It's a a great footprint. It it just keeps growing and growing by the day. Looking um, forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to that. And, you know, there is some news coming on the the shipyards. That's on track. The cost going up a little bit. There was a report in the uh, Times Union the other day for the Four Seasons, the office building, and the marina project. Going to have to ask a little more time because of some things they found on that property. The bulkheads need some work. The marina. A relocation of some underground utilities. There were some old gantry structures from the old ship repair days that they found underground there that they're not really able to build around all of them. They're going to have to move some of that stuff as well. Uh, they've also announced the uh, that PCL Construction is the construction manager. They've been involved in some other Four Seasons projects in other cities. And as we speak, the Downtown Development Review Board is meeting I believe this is coming up on the docket either next or uh, very soon in the next uh, little few minutes here uh, for final conceptual approval for the design of the Four Seasons and the office building. That uh, meeting started at two o'clock. They're last on the agenda today, so we might have some news this afternoon. Which, you know, hopefully it's positive and a, and a go.
2: Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, that whole area developed. It's it's a long time coming. I will say that. I just I just remember. In 1995, when I, when I first came here with, uh, with the expansion team and was one of the brave souls in free agency to come to Jacksonville at that time, was uh, coming down the street there and, and looking and seeing all that vacant land and going, man, this has got to be developed at some point. There's going to be a lot of opportunity here, and, and here we are. It's a long time ago, Lies. Yeah, it's a long time ago, man. And uh really, nothing's been done with it. And so I look forward to the to the day when when they start doing something down there to to bring a vibrant downtown. because you know here, here's the thing. That list that we went through at the very top of the, the top of the show. Talking about destinations and places that you want to go to. Yes. What was the common theme of what I was talking about with all these cities? Entertainment, things around the stadium. Something to do downtown. Attractions, things to do, things to keep you there. That's the beauty of Nashville. It's one of the great reasons why Kansas City is fantastic, even though the stadium's not that close to downtown. You wish it were. Uh, Indianapolis which with the stadium and, and then the downtown is is fantastic I mean those are the places that become destinations where people want to come and see what you have and so I hope that at some point that our city can get to the point to where other people around the league are are looking at the schedule when it comes out and goes oh we got to go to Jacksonville finally it's on our schedule let's go you know what I mean? Because, I mean, the, you got to give them a reason besides just a ball game.
1: Yeah, and the, the beach, which is great. Yeah, but there's going to be some other
2: stuff. You've got to give them some yeah. other stuff. That's right.
1: And and it's kind of trending that way, of course, down here with everything going on around the stadium. And then on the other side of downtown, the Brooklyn area has really come up lately and there's got a ways development go. coming we got there. A, we got a ways to working, go. We've got a ways to go. we got it. a ways to go. We're working on it. At least they're, they're starting the thing, which is a good thing. Let's go around – the National Football League. We touched on this earlier, but Tom Brady agreeing with Fox Sports apparently for when his career ends 10 years, $375 million to um, do something he's never done before. He's never announced a football game.
2: No, he hasn't. And uh, and look, there's been some guys that have retired and, and gone to the booth, so to speak, that haven't done a, a great job. Joe Montana didn't do a great job. Ronnie Lott, and I love Ronnie. Uh, didn't do a great job. Some guys have a knack for it. Troy Aikman, fantastic. I mean, fantastic. Vaselli, fantastic. I mean, there's guys that have a natural ability that they can analyze, entertain, and inform. And you have to be able to be committed to, to understanding what it's all about. And, and look, Tom Brady has been a, a great worker throughout his career. That's why he is so great. And my expectation for him is that he will work extremely hard to be good at it. I would be disappointed if if anything else happens, but it doesn't mean he's going to be great. But my expectation is is that he will find a way to be great. And I look forward to hearing him. Uh, Tony Romo is a guy that works very hard at it, and I think he's pretty good. Sometimes he's annoying because he keeps guessing like, that's part of what he's supposed to do. It's not always about guessing. It's about informing. And uh, But there's guys that are really good that, uh, that did what what they've done for a long period of time in the National Football League and have become great, great uh, analysts, commentators, whatever you want to consider them. Um,
1: uh, Joe, you, you'll remember this. How was Joe Namath as an analyst? did he do, like, Monday night football for a minute? Didn't last long.
0: Yeah, Joe was not good at all. Not Namath. Right. I don't remember him doing I that. I thought Namath now.
1: did Monday night for a minute. For a little bit, just yeah. a hair. But not long. No. Didn't last. No, long. it was. Because uh, that guy's got personality, obviously, but it just didn't work in that no. sense. Well, I
0: mean,
2: look, I mean, it's just because you have personality doesn't that's make right. you good yes. at, at doing a broadcaster's duties. I mean, that's, it requires certain things. There are some guys that uh, are great in studio. And there are some guys that in a game setting are fantastic. So, I mean, everybody has a talent, I think. And you've got to find a way to bring that talent to the forefront and also to find out what that talent is to be able to make sure that it is, it is highlighted to some extent. Everybody's chasing the, um, the John Madden. No, it doesn't get better than that.
1: It will never get better. Well,
2: than and look, that. I'll say this about it's John. The gold I mean, standard. John, well, he John was a gold standard, and I, and for guys that played the game, I mean, John was awesome. And uh, not only did John give you great analysis, but he entertained with the way his excitement and, and and the way that he presented the game was incredible. His big picture analysis was was I mean, right up there. And I think today, I think Chris Collinsworth does an amazing job at big picture analysis, but there were times as far as game analysis that John Madden was off. I mean, off. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometime I'd be watching and I'd sit there and listen to what he was the play that he was breaking down. I was going, John, that's not what happened. But he was so good and entertaining for the most part. And his big picture analysis was awesome. And JP, boom.
1: I mean.
2: it's, Those things that he did yeah. as part of his analysis in the in the telestrator, I mean, he was a maestro. He could relate to anybody, football fan or not, and get them to great guy leave to, the TV on that Great station. guy to talk to. Yeah. Great
1: yeah. guy to talk to. Some early announced games by the league. The official announcement tonight at 8 o'clock Eastern time of the schedule. The uh, Week 2 Monday Night Football doubleheader announced the Titans and the Bills at seven fifteen on ESPN and then... On ABC at 8:30 that week, it's the Vikings and the Eagles. Week four, the Chiefs and the Bucks play on Sunday night football. What a game that should be. Mahomes and Brady. And then week ten, the Cowboys and the Packers. Mike McCarthy returns to Lambeau Field in a national game on Fox. There are three Christmas Day games, same schedule as Thanksgiving. About
2: Christmas a is a Sunday. Sunday,
1: that's right. So in lieu of all games on Christmas Day, they're doing it like they do Thanksgiving. Three, one in each window. And then most of the bulk of the games that week will be on Saturday, Christmas Eve, instead of Christmas Day. So that's interesting. Uh, of course, the International Series games have been announced as
2: well. So when I was talking about the schedule, about what, what you look for in a schedule, yeah. okay, are we going to be home or are we going to be away Yeah, on Christmas weekend, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. Because what was it, a couple years ago, or was it 17? It was 2017. Went to the West Coast like Christmas Eve, right? Played San Francisco, got smoked, and then uh, had to come back with uh, Santa Claus. The,
2: the, the, the old rule of thumb is that the NFL knows no holidays. It doesn't. I mean, it's look. It's, oh, the sport is part it, of it some It knows holidays. Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays and Saturdays <laughs> late in the season. That's it. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's Christmas... Hanukkah, uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, uh, New Year's, it doesn't matter. No. There's no holidays in football. There's no crying in football either. There's no holidays in football. No, there's crying in football. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: Bears said goodbye to Nick Foles last week. They say hello to Jacksonville native and Bartram Trail product Nathan Peterman for a one-year deal. Justin Fields, Trevor Simigan are there. Uh, Peterman in his career, unfortunately, three touchdowns and twelve interceptions with his uh, time with the Bills and the Raiders. But good for him, Jacksonville guy, still getting a shot.
2: No, oh, yeah, yeah, good for him. Now the, the the speculation has been out there a little bit. Could Nick Foles come to Jacksonville because of the Peterson? I, I I don't see it.
1: I don't either. I don't see it. No, I don't see it either. No,
2: I don't see it. So. That ship has sailed, I believe. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, I'm, I don't know for sure. I haven't talked to Doug Peterson about it either. I don't think that that's going to happen. But then, then again, what do I know? Adam Schefter of
1: ESPN reporting just a few minutes ago that uh, Arapaho Sheriff in the Colorado, the Arapahoe County, there uh, announced that. Broncos wide receiver Jerry Judy is being held at the county jail on charges of second-degree criminal tampering with a domestic violence enhancer, a misdemeanor. He's on a no-bond hold. He's innocent until proven guilty, so he might have to stay in until he sees a judge, whenever that is. Yeah, that's... uh, That's breaking this afternoon.
2: Innocent until proven guilty, but not a good thing if... uh you know, look, uh, Denver Broncos are uh, a good young receiver, really good. new quarterback, uh, new coach, new general manager, and uh, that's not the kind of momentum builder that you want to have happening in May.
1: So, it's been a busy offseason for the Denver Broncos. New head coach, new quarterback, uh, this going on. I mean, it's a lot happening.
2: Uh, it was pretty interesting this week in that I don't know if you did you happen to see the some of uh, Peyton Manning's comments and John Elway's comments because there's so much going on with the Denver Broncos and that the for, first of all, the Russell Wilson trade, the change in coaching staffs got general manager John Elway, who has essentially been in an advisory role to the general manager there because he's the one who named that general manager yeah. recently. Yeah. And then Peyton Manning is, uh, could Peyton Manning, could John Elway, either one of these two guys be involved in the new ownership because the team is for sale? That's right, all that too. I forgot about the, that. Uh, the reported amount of money is in excess of $5 billion of what that could sell for. One of the Walton heirs is one of the prospective buyers and was just recently in Denver touring the facility. And uh, if he does buy the... Denver Broncos, uh, and I don't remember his first name that Walton, but he would become the NFL's richest owner, surpassing David Tepper. Mm, wow, for net worth, I want to say that the Walton heir is worth like, 150-plus billion, 170-plus billion dollars, something like that, JP, which um, is a, a large amount of money. But on top of that, JP. The NFL ownership rules are so strict it's not like they can have a lot of different groups buying it because they have to be able to sustain or to satisfy some of the requirements for ownership in the National Football League, which are very stringent and are becoming a little bit more difficult to attain because of the value the franchises have become so large.
1: There you have it. That's our look around the National Football League. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. Logs, we'll talk to you next week. And I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, rookie minicamp this weekend, tomorrow, and Saturday. For Jeff Logman. I'm J.P. Shadrick. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.